Hi, I'm Perry Continente. And I'm Hannah Gatahun, and you're listening to Beach Weekly, a student-run podcast from the Daily 49er at Long Beach State. Beach Weekly 7B! Hi guys, welcome to Beach Weekly. It's our special podcast, because guess what? Long Beach State is turning 70 years old. Wow. So Perry and I both wrote stories for the 70th. Mm -hmm. Mine was about squirrels, wasn't serious, but Perry's was a little more in depth and it touched on a topic that is pretty sensitive. I think this article was well written. It was about racism and our institution, Long Beach State. The school had some dark hinges to its path. So Perry, start us off with what your article is about. So I wanted to make sure with this article that we accurately represented Long Beach as it was. And while there are a great number of things that we've done really well in the past, like a lot of great advances, there's a history of hate at this campus. And any institution that is this old will have done things that it's not proud of. It's just the fact of the matter. But this institution has some fairly unique instances of being insensitive. So you look through a lot of old daily 49er clips for your article. Kind of tell us some of the things that you found as you were reporting. Yeah, so I was looking through and I was immediately struck by the 49er days, which were these kind of like Wild West recreations and just how indelicate they were about the times. Uh, it's sort of like when you watch an old Western movie and you know the Indians are like the bad guys and you know the cowboys gun them down and stuff. There were instances of you know white people dressed as Native Americans where there's like mock trials where they're held at gunpoint. There were mock lynchings that happened at those events. There was a Chinese laundry service that was called like Holy Fook or something like that. It was oh, like I know racist. which one you're talking about. Yeah. It, it was not Holy Fook. It was Fooking Laundry. Yeah, Fooking yeah. Laundry. And so it's supposed it, to be funny, but it's a little, it's pretty racist. It's, yeah, it's one of those things that just does not age well. Yeah. So it's interesting to look back and just see stuff that would never fly today that was commonplace. For most people that are listening don't know what the 49er days were. They were something that happened in the past and our school no longer does it. But yeah, there's a lot of racist caricatures. Yeah, it's that... these kind of like making light of genocide and like these horrible events. So uh, when you were writing this, you interviewed a man named Paul Riley and he had known Huey Shepard personally. Mm -hmm. And Huey Shepard was the first class president and he was in- For the freshman class. For the freshman class. Uh, the school used to only be junior and senior students and Mr. Shepard was in the first freshman class and was president of that class. He was a black young man and he was denied uh, entry into Mr. Riley's fraternity because of his race. Mm -hmm. Shepard has just this incredible history. He received recognition from Eisenhower for a speech he'd written. You know, just this extremely accomplished young man. For our school who has had this darker past, mm -hmm. have other students seen improvements or is there still racism within our campus culture? Well, I'd say there's both. There have definitely been improvements. You know, we no longer have these garish displays. But at the same time, I mean, racism is built into 
everything we approach, and I think it'll be generations and generations before something is, you know, quote unquote, not racist or not problematic. That's just the nature of progress. The school and student forces have taken great steps to kind of fix the mistakes of the past. But uh, if you look at like what's going on right now with the dirt team being dumped on Pavugna, there still are these like pretty major missteps. So Perry and Paula Calais, who is our multimedia managing editor, also had an interview with an alumna, Ana Nieto Gomez, who was a part of the early La Raza, which was formerly mm. known as UMAS. And so she's going to talk a little bit about the interview and what Ana Nieto Gomez, the experience that she had relayed about CSULB during the 60s when she was a student. When Ana Nieto Gomez first transferred to Long Beach State in January 1967, the student body looked very different than it does today. At the time, there were 27,000 students at the university, but only 200 were Mexican-American. And this number was merely an estimate from university administration. Anna recalls what it felt like to be a Chicana at a predominantly white university in the late 60s and early 70s. It was quite an alienating experience because it was a sea of white young men and women. And at that time, open racism was widely the norm. Anna took night classes to accommodate her work schedule during the day. And one night, Anna stayed after class to ask questions about her professor's lecture. I remember that we were standing in line after class, and I knew I was going to miss my bus. You know, I'm ready to talk to the teacher, and he looks at me, and he sees me, and I don't know what he sees, but he just turns around, and he, he didn't even bother to look at me when he spoke to me, but he said, don't waste my time. You're not going to make it, and he just walked away. And if I hadn't been loaded down with books, I would have run after him. <laughs> I just was there, stood there. And then I had to walk home, lugging those books. According to Anna, it was moments like these that made the campus feel isolating and alienating. Until one day... I tried to buy some candy from the machines, and I saw this guy with a picket sign. And it had C-H-I-C-A-N-O. And I had to pronunciate what that was. And once I said Chicano, I said, oh my God, I never saw that word in writing. I had heard it all my life, but I had never actually seen that word written down. I was so excited because I had found somebody who knew what I was. I had found some kind of place where I could be recognized. So I went and I... Uh, when and I ran up to that young man and I hugged him and I said, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. His name was Danny Chavez and he was recruiting students to come to the UMAS organization. And UMAS stands for United Mexican American Students. Anna ended up going to that meeting to learn more about UMAS and eventually joined the organization. At the meeting, she learned the organization's purpose to create a friendly environment for Chicanos ensure that Chicanos graduate, increase representation of Chicano students, create a public awareness program in racism and education, and to establish a Chicano studies department. In the summer of 1969, UMAS organized Semana de la Raza, or the Week of the People. It was the organization's first recruitment efforts to bring 1,000 students from Southern California and the Central Valley. Anna participated in the outreach event. We contacted the counselors and the teachers, 
and we told them we wanted to recruit students. Some of the counselors were gung-ho and they would work to get monies to provide funding for buses so they could bus students over. Uh, we would go to assemblies, student assemblies. Recruitment and retention were key strategies in UMAS's mission. But these types of organizations were out recruiting. They were doing the university's job. That's the voice of Alfredo Carlos, political science professor at Cal State Long Beach. They're, they're the ones doing high school outreach. They're the ones that are saying, hey, this is an opportunity you should take on, that you should come to this college. Giving people just even the concept of like, hey, that I could go to college. You know, the universities, they all have, uh, you know, uh, recruitment offices. They weren't going to East LA schools. They weren't going into like, you know, like the high schools here on the west side of Long Beach that catered mostly to like people of color. Today, Hispanic and Latinx students make up over 40% of the student population at Long Beach State. However, the university still has a long way to go in terms of serving its community. Because ultimately, that's what California education is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an educational system that serves the community of Californians. And we still fail at this, to be honest. So like, yes, for Latinos, it's gotten better. But like, you know, the, the number of African Americans in this community, like, is dismal. And that's the Long Beach. I think we're at, what, 3%? Um, like, African American, the community in Long Beach is clearly larger than that. And so why isn't our diversity in that respect larger? This is Paula Calais with Beach Weekly. So Perry, what did you learn specifically that you hope is relayed in your article? Well, what I learned was that we've come so far. The school used to be extraordinarily white, like almost every single person here was white. And currently we are one of the most diverse student schools in the nation. There is a plurality of uh, Latinx students, a uh, pretty good representation all around. But something that I learned that I didn't know was despite there being a 13% black population in Long Beach, only 4% of Long Beach State students are black. And so there is still this disparity. Another thing I learned is that we have fewer faculty of color than you would expect. So it kind of recontextualized progress for me. It made me realize that as far as we come, we still have so far to go and that uh, we should continually push forward. One of the more problematic episodes in Long Beach State's past was on the day Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. The Daily 49er printed this full front page with an editorial, with news coverage, with this big picture, with teases basically saying that the Black Student Union needs to stop making so much noise, needs to stop asking for equality, asking for representation. Then in the next issue, news of his death was buried on page three. And then kind of what was really darkly, horribly, almost funny, was that a few issues later, there were ads selling medallions with his face on it after they had been so terrible to the Black Student Union, so terrible to everything he'd represented, they'd kind of monetized it. And that kind of encapsulates for me how problematic the school used to be. And that's a dark past for both the school and for our paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff in the paper that was, you know, fairly shocking. Some of the old ads were, you know, just blatantly racist, blatantly sexist. Go back and look at, like, newspaper ads in the 70s. You see stuff there that would never fly today. That is true. But we're always progressing. Yeah. And, you know, we'll never... We'll never really reach there, uh, but you know, it's important that we keep striving for it. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed our special podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you to Perry and thank you to Paula because I learned a lot today and I really like this article. 
It is in our 70th special issue. It's going to be on stands all week. So grab a copy. Also, read my squirrel article. Read the squirrel article. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's lighthearted. So, yeah. You know, if racism brings you down a little. Squirrels will bring you right back up. Squirrels will bring you right back up. Anyways, thank you for joining us for our 70th special podcast. Thank you to Perry. Thank you to Paula. I learned and, a lot today. And thank you to you. You're the editor. You're the special projects editor. This is your baby. This whole issue. You've edited every story in the issue. You've put in more work into this than anybody. Give yourself some credit. Yeah. Woo. Yay. Yeah. 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 But I'm actually really proud of how this issue has come out. Um, this was definitely a long work in progress, mm. and it came together pretty well. Everyone has super interesting stories. I love learning about history, so this was a fun experience for me. And I liked writing my story mm. because it was silly. And I like learning about weird histories like squirrels. Join us next week for Beach Weekly Sports. Manny and Ralston will be back. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you for learning about racism. Happy birthday, Long Beach State. We hope that you have another great 70 years. I hope it gets better in 70 years, and I hope racism ends. <laughs> yeah, here's to, here's to Long Beach State ending racism. Yay! Yay!